I want to be the best dad, if I want to be the best partner to my new girlfriend, if I want to be the best ex to my ex-partner, I need to change me as a person, the way I'm talking to myself from the moment I wake up until the moment I sleep, what words I say to myself, choose whether I'm going to be making myself happy, whether I'm going to make myself productive, is going to create my destiny. That's Nick Ems, I'm your host Jared Lestrange and you're listening to episode 41 of the Super Dad Show. Welcome to the show, Nick Ems. Thank you very much, Jared. Uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to uh, give, me, give me my voice out there. Yeah, mate. We've been uh, following each other on social media for uh, quite a while now, and I love the the depth of your posts and you know the the real journey that you're on to make a positive impact on our world. So, look, can you start by telling us a little bit more about where you were born, what your family life was like, you know, growing up? And what life is like for you right now as a dad? You can go back as far as you want. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm from England and uh, in a small country town, so a bit of a country boy. And uh, I had a good upbringing from my parents. My parents uh, showed me a lot of love, a lot of affection. Um, they sort of uh, directed me into a sort of sporty sort of uh, character, um, probably more so from my dad's side. I was... You know, at a young age, I was pretty interested in uh, music and singing, um, but my dad uh, wanted me to uh, go more towards uh, playing football and doing martial arts. And mm. uh, so uh, it conditioned me a bit more to uh, fulfill my life throughout my uh, um, younger years and uh, from my teenage years, you know, focusing a lot of sport. I was interested in art. Um, my parents were both involved. Um, very deeply with uh, managing the football teams and, and coming to martial arts and boxing or whatever with me. So they was uh, very hands-on parents um, mm. who was engaged. Uh, they taught me an awful lot um, about, you know, connecting with kids. Um, we didn't have much money. Um, so, uh, so it was one of them things where um, we'd see a lot of kids around who had the, the big mansions and um, get all the Nike trainers and, you know, like runners and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, we, we had to sort of uh, scrimp and scrape sometimes. Um, but it teaches you different values about life um, from a young age. And, like, I understood that, mm. you know, money, like, is not the most important thing. Um, so, and then travelled through, through my life until now um, with two young daughters and uh, moved, living to, moving to Australia. So it's been a bit of a journey for myself. Um, initially, um, like I met an Aussie girl back in the UK, this was going back 15 years ago and nothing was planned, but unfortunately at the time she fell pregnant and, uh, and wanted to move back over, back over home. Mm. So it led me to come over to Australia, which, uh, exciting journey, uh, moving to another country and, uh, setting up a new life, um, and obviously all my family and friends are still back in the UK. Mm. And, uh, yeah, the journey has just moved forward until this point now where my daughters are 11 and 15, uh, 12 and 15 now, actually, when the youngest has just turned 12. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm at the point in life where um, just carrying on and working through, you know, being the best person I can be. Beautiful. So, you said that it was an exciting journey to come across to Australia. Was it filled with a lot of doubt as well? Um, obviously, in the way that she had fallen pregnant, you didn't have those plans. Um, what was the initial stress 
involved for you, um, I guess, setting up home with a brand new baby or with a, with a pregnant partner anyway? I think like when you become a parent, like your focus is all on, you know, a new, new child in your life. Um, for me, there was no stress. There was no fears. There was no doubts. Um, it was the fact of, you know, I was excited to mm. um, be having my own child and, and how amazing it was. Mm. And, um, you know, so for me, my attention and my focus was, you know, I'm going to make the best of my life. Yeah. Um, moving to a new country and having mm. a new fresh start. And I was excited to be coming to Australia because I heard so many great things about it. And and I knew that this, you know, there's a character within the, Auss- the Aussies, which uh, um, the English and Aussies have got a very similar sense of humor. So uh, I was really excited for the opportunities which um, is going to rise for me. I've always been a pretty positive person knowing that, you know, I can, wherever I go, I'll, I'll make myself successful. So yep. um, I, didn't, I didn't have no fears. It was just a, an exciting journey ahead. Obviously. Mm. Now you came from a, um, from a family where obviously your mom and dad were together. Um, it's my understanding. And one of the reasons why I got you on the show, um, given that we have a real connection, you know, inside of super dads with um, helping dads who are going through tough times, you're no longer with your partner. So some of the posts that you share are very vulnerable, talking about how much you're missing your kids and uh, you know not being in their life as much as you'd like to, no longer being with you know uh, their, their mother. Yeah, I think the, the post which I share um, is basically like I, I've joined a lot of forums because initially going back over 10 years ago when I did first separate, now it was um, something where you know, if you don't have the, the best um, separation, um, then there's a lot of, you know, emotional tension between um, yourself and, and the ex-partner. And that can, um, the kids can be used as a, a you know, a bit of a, cool. you know, a tool mm-hmm. to, you know, play a bit of a mind game. And initially, you know, um, I was... I was not seeing my kids as much as I wanted to. And they were my main focus and attention. Um, you know, when, when I was in work, I was, I was busy doing work, but outside of work, my full focus and attention was on nothing else apart from my two daughters. And when that changed, mm-hmm. I felt a big impact when I never had them around me. And then there was times where it was my weekend to have my children and my ex-partner was taking my kids away and um, taking them around someone else's house to stay around there. Mm. So when I went to pick up my children, they weren't there. And, and, you know, there was animosity, emotional tension, which was building up inside me. Um, And... I felt that I was going sort of deeper into um, a, a sort of rut where I never had my best friends around to just go and vent out. I never had my family there just to go and vent out. So I was trapping myself in my own mind and my own house mm. um, and getting very sort of um, depressed. Um, there was also suicidal ten- uh, tendencies where I was just thinking, you know, this is, this is like, 
this is a non 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 stop sort of thing which mm. I could not see ever ending. Mm. And like I wasn't getting invited to Father's Day um, sort of dues at the school. I wasn't getting told about different things at the school with the kids. And her new partner was getting invited to all these different things. And every now and again, when I did see my children, they was actually calling you know, the guy. Um, dad, um, which their mum had told them to yeah. sort of say. Mm. So it was a big thing which played, you know, through my mind at that time where I, I was making myself very emotional outside of, um, say, my work time where mm. I was in folks with work. And then I had to have that chitter chatter in my own voice by myself. Yeah. I was actually suffering um, until the point where I, I um, went to go and commit suicide. So. Mm. So my thing was to move forward, like, and to give you an insight, like I needed to really understand what was going on and um, with myself, uh, mentally, emotionally. And so I had a big journey, a sort of look inwards journey mm. and uh, to really understand my true, true self. Mm. And, and that made me realize that I was my own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, um, anybody around me, I accept anybody around me can try and make me um, unhappy, but the person who controls the happiness is me. Mm. And if I'm making myself unhappy when I'm spending time by myself, then I'm the one to blame. Mm. Like I can't put any blame on anybody else for making me unhappy apart from me. I'm that controlled. So I fully realized like I'm the controller of my destiny. I'm the controller of my happiness, my sadness, my frustration, my anger. Every emotional part of me is controlled by me. And if I want to be the best dad, if I want to be the best partner to my new girlfriend, if I want to be the best ex to my um, ex-partner, I need to change me as a person, the way mm. I'm talking to myself. So I really deeply understood that from the moment I wake up until the moment I sleep, I'm going to talk to myself. And what words I say to myself is going to choose what I'm going to be doing throughout my day. Yeah, that's really it's going powerful. To choose whether I'm going to be making myself happy, whether I'm going to make myself productive, mm. everything I choose is going to create my destiny. Mm. So it was a big, big step, whereas taking time to meditate, and actually look and listen um, inwards and, and understand that, that we can create whatever we want to create. Mm. Like, um, and we are our own worst enemy if we don't understand what's going on within ourselves. Yeah. So give, so, us, um, give us some real practical insight into the thoughts that were running through your head in the depths of that depression and what you replaced those thoughts with and how you caught yourself out and did that. So there was many, many things of, um, I obviously not seeing my kids as much as I want to see them. Like, um, the, the thoughts of another guy, um, like taking over my role as a dad, like, and they're becoming more bonded and more close to him missing out on, like things where I knew that my parents, I'd look at my parents spending all their time with me as a child and how bonded and how connected they were. And I don't, I'm not getting that opportunity to see the sporting events or go to the different things. 
um, where the dads and parents go. So it was like being excluded from, you know, their lives to a, a substantial degree, which led me into, you know, a, a really state of like, I wanted to shut my mind down. Mm. That voice was going over and over and over, repeating conversations. Mm. So I, would, I could shut it down by, you know, watching Game of Thrones for a little bit and, and maybe drinking some alcohol and speaking to a mate. But then the gremlins just come back in the mind. Mm-hmm. So, so for me, I needed to understand, I need to take this out. I need to distract myself and, and distract it in a positive way. So I started understanding all I do is talk to myself and what can I replace this with? Mm-hmm. So I replace this with things like, I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to look at the population as a whole. There's kids in different parts of the world who don't have a mum and dad. There's kids in different parts of the world who don't have arms, don't have legs, kids mm. who don't see. Now, I've got two kids who are really healthy. they got arms, legs, fingers, no eyes. I'm going to be grateful. So I, I start talking about this. I'm filling my day up. My, my Each day I'm filling up by saying positive things, gratitude. I'm telling positive things about myself. I'm lucky. I'm lucky the fact that I live in one of the best countries in the world. I, I'm, I'm functioning and I've got a great job and I've got loads of people who love me. And so I'm replacing all this gratitude for, you know, having things which, um, you know, lots of people haven't got. Yeah. And so I was, I was replacing different things like that. My time, I was thinking, what, what do I really love? What am I passionate about? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And to fulfill my dreams, I need to focus on what I'm really passionate about. Mm. So, like, I went back and I thought, you know, I'm really interested in art. I love art. So I fill out some times putting on, say, some Pink Floyd, some meditation music, and I start start doing art or do some writing. So I start writing a bit about the, my life and my past, mm. and mm. and just fill out some times doing something productive. So I know in the future, in my in my mind, you know, I want to write a book. I want to write about my story. There's lots of things which happened throughout my life. So I just put little things down. So now I'm filling my time out throughout a day, working with something which is going to grow me. Yeah, it's going to grow me better as a person mentally mm. and physically. It's going to head towards my dreams. So, so I'm replacing you know negative thoughts and negative conversations to myself with more positive things. Yeah, and and like the more I practice that. To me, it was like losing weight. Mm. Like the first day you eat well, okay, you see a a small amount of difference, if not any. But then the more you do it over a week to two weeks to three weeks, then you start seeing the change. And it was exactly the same with myself. The Mm. more I spoke wisely, positive, even tell myself jokes. I tell myself a joke from my past. I tell myself a funny event, the funny, funny things from my past, not anything Mm. negative. I'll go back in time when I was with my friends or with, so I was, if, if I was to bring in any old memories into my mind, mm. I was bringing up all the funny ones. Mm. I, was, I was very conscious. I made myself very conscious that I can bring up a negative memory and I can bring up the negative thoughts and that's going to destroy me or yeah. I can bring up something funny. And so I started to just do that. And then I was starting to enjoy the time I was spending my, my, by myself. Mm. I, got mm. thinking, oh, I actually enjoy my own company now. Mm. I'm starting to love myself yep. and in that sort of way when we say we've got to love ourselves 
It's not a, an ego love of who is starting to actually love my heart. Yeah. Thinking of myself as protecting my emotional soul mm. inside because I can destroy it or I can make it happy. Mm. Mm. So, so I was replacing it with all different positive mm. things. So what you're really doing is saying that was the old me inside of me is um, a real, you know, a, a soul that is love and forgiveness and gratitude and has a bright future. So you really connected in with that, didn't you? And meditation was um, one of those things that, that did that, that gratitude grounded you in the moment and, yeah. um, and you managed to, move on and, and truly create a, a better you um, in, in the present and future, didn't you? 100%. Like, like uh, I'd say my, my biggest, biggest turning point was I actually quit my job. I was, I was in a, a very successful job earning um, probably just a six-figure number. And, and I decided to quit my job. And I thought I need for the first time in my life after mm. 40 years, mm. I need to focus on myself mm. and I want to learn everything about myself. Mm. And, and I, 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 from a young age, I always wanted to study the most wisest people, whether it was at whatever sport I did. So if it was boxing, I want to study um, Muhammad Ali. I want to go for the best. Mm. And so this journey was, I want to study the mind. I want to study the best. So I went back to all of the ancient times. I initially went back to the ancient Egyptians. I thought they have built the most amazing things on this planet. Mm. And why were they so intelligent? They must have been the most intelligent human beings on the planet. I also um, was really interested in the ancient Greeks, uh, Socrates. Mm. So I started to study all the philosophies of these guys. Mm. So just before we, before we move on to these, um, share yeah. with us a little bit about the Egyptians and what made them so intelligent. Okay, so so they were they were really really intelligent. For the fact is, they knew so much about science of the body. Mm. Okay, now when I say science of the body, I mean actually inside our brain, inside our mind. There's a, there's an energy which they always connected to. They understood cosmos intelligence. Mm. Now when I say cosmos intelligence, most of us are three dimensional intelligent of just looking at what we see in each of our days just on the outside with more material objects. Now, if we think of a more quantum physics, the micro and macro part of our life, right down to the very, very tiniest particle, okay, or subatomic particle, all the way to the macro of looking at the universe as a whole. Now, if we don't ever think this way, we don't understand that everything is energy. Every single thing in this whole universe is energy. Mm -hmm. It was created by energy. Whether we call it God or whether we just call it the, the source energy, we've all got, we're all, every human being is this source energy. So these ancient Egyptians, this is why they studied so much about like the stars, the moon, okay, mm -hmm. and, and the sun, like I became fascinated by studying everything about understanding the sun, the power mm. of the sun, mm. the sun. And so I started to do all sun gazing. I started to sit in my garden and just look at the sun at all periods of time. 
And I started to do fasting. I understood that that was a big part of our ancient past is fasting. And suddenly all the chemicals, all the everything, it was as though something that cleaned out of my brain. And I started to understand about this third eye. I looked into the Illuminati. I looked into the Masons. I looked into like, so I understood. Mm-hmm. And then the Buddhas, the Buddhas have got the dot on their head. So mm-hmm. it was all pointing towards the third eye, the Hindu religion, the pineal gland, the third eye. So I understood that this was inside my limbic system, inside my brain. And this was a proper eye. It's got a retina. It's got a cornea. It's got a lens. And you can open this eye. So the Egyptians got it all over the, their walls, and so the eye of Horus. Um, and so I decided that I was going to attempt in the six months of taking time off work mm. to detox and open my third eye. So I decided to go on this journey, and, and it was the biggest thing that ever happened to me. I started to understand time. I understand space. I understand so many different things. It was as though I became like hundred times more intelligent than what the one what what I was. Like I became present in the moment. I understood that I'm creating stories uh, at other periods of time. My mind can take me to all these periods, but I only live in this present moment. Mm-hmm. And all I need to focus on is this present moment. Because mm-hmm. if I take myself into a story in the future. That doesn't happen. It's not real. If I take myself into a story in the past, I'm reliving the past. Mm. I understand I've already experienced that once. I don't need to experience it 50,000 times or twice. Mm. So it made me so present to understand I can now, you know, change my mind to keep present. I also found out that they, they used to teach people how to communicate properly through music and a certain type of frequency of music. Mm. Like when we talk to each other, because they understood everything is energy. So sound is energy. So it made me understand my voice has so much power that I can Mm. communicate to all the other species on the planet. We are the only species which can do that. And we just use this power of this voice. We can change other human beings. We can slow the voice down. We can make different pitches with our voice and suddenly we can get in other people's minds and change the energy of that person. Mm. And this is the art of communicating really well. Mm. So that started to change me as a person to understand more about human behavior and understand that my smile creates an energy just by understanding I can start to move my body parts and start to really get inside other people's minds in a positive way and it really really impacted my life to start experimenting with with all this sort of stuff to understand that you know what when we look look at life in a four-dimension cosmos type intelligence with whereas everything is energy we all connected we are all energy becoming wiser of our own energy whether you want to call this energy the soul whether you want to call it the spirit whether you want to call it the source energy inside us. But what's talking to you right now, Jared, is there's no part of my body which is talking to you. It's just that energy inside me which is choosing to do whatever I do. Mm. And this where we call it the soul or the spirit. But 
it's it's just creating energy and it's becoming more intelligent of its own by creating positive thoughts. If I create positive thoughts, I change all the cells inside my body. I make myself a placebo of positive uh, to make myself really super healthy mm. just by my thoughts. Mm. So what I really took on this concept of what they understood as human being, a human life. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and then the Greeks, you, um, Harry and stuff like that, that yeah. like, he took his journey. Yeah. Yeah. And then you said you, um, you studied into the Greeks as well and stoicism yeah. was a big part of that, wasn't it? And, um, yeah. Socrates, uh, like amazing. Yeah. Like just a like a, a wizard of the mind. And yeah. the more you listen to these people, you understand these people, you start to become very much like them. Mm. You, you start to really understand we have a really unique, powerful mind. Mm. Like even, you know, delving into like I'm in Australia, I wanted to go up and spend some time with the Aboriginals and just understand their minds. Mm. And once mm. you, we, we are such a unique creature, but we've been conditioned to mm. watch TV and follow footy and drink beer mm. and never know we, we are, we are, we've got a gift. We've yeah. got a very, very unique computer mm. system inside our head, mm. which uh, can do amazing things if it's used properly and you mm. have control, if you've got that engineering and you've got the, the user user's manual, mm. um, then you're, you're on a you're on a good place to go. Whereas mm. if you don't have that user manual, you're you're stuck in time in different periods. You're your own worst enemy, and and this is why you know we've got problems in society. Mm. You know, Nick, I think um, I'd love to share with you a little uh, little analogy, a story I made up way back when I was 20 years old, and it was the story of a seed that gets planted in the earth, and that seed is humanity. That grows up and it's one big trunk with lots of leaves that start sprouting off it. But then what happens is the higher they get towards the sun, uh, which is the source energy, um, the more intelligent leaves leaves become and they start to ask those questions. Where do we come from? What's our purpose? And they had a difference in belief um, and it caused them to branch off in different directions. And they started, the further they got away from the trunk, and and the roots of the tree, um, the the more um, they started to to branch off into sticks and twigs. And you think about the different denominations and and races and groups and and belief systems that we have as humanity. But what I came to understand is that if we truly get to the to the root of all those different divisions of humanity, there's fruit that is growing inside of each of those religions, each of those, um, those sects, those, um, uh, those belief systems. And if we were to actually take the time just as you have to eat that fruit, to nourish ourselves, then we would truly realize that that fruit only exists because of the roots of the tree and that those roots of the tree and the whole tree came to being because of that sun in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's mm. exactly it. Like I find that, you know, we've all, we've all had our roots and we've all, you know, gone on our journey and, and life is about conquering and <laughs> letting go of any beliefs, but find the only the one which you truly understand is mm. 
you can only believe what you see and what you hear, taste, touch, and smell and experience. That's all what is true to you and anybody else who tells you different things. You just got to experience it yourself. Mm. You have to go through the journey to experience it mm. and then you will believe it. Mm. So uh, it's one thing to um, to know these things. It's another thing to live them practically in everyday life. Can you talk to us about the relationship with your ex and how you doing this work on yourself has improved that relationship and therefore the relationship with your kids? Because I can imagine that when you're in the depths of despair and depression and um, you're not seeing your kids as much and you're having suicidal thoughts and you're turning to alcohol and, and, um, and numbing yourself, um, that changes how you show up in that relationship. And it must have taken a good period of time for you to change her view of you in order to really affect that relationship in a positive way. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah. Um, the situation was like, because I had such a quick change and people were shocked. Like, I... I a lot of people who I've spoken to who have had this awakening, a sort of reborn awakening, like to the degree of, you know, maybe opening your third eye and becoming so, so present mm -hmm. and so aware of so many different things. Like I'd studied or in the time, the six months I'd locked myself away as an experiment. Mm -hmm. Like I was studying everything about neuroscience, biology. Mm -hmm. I was going into lectures in, you know, Stanford University and Oxford University and I'm watching all lectures on neuroscience and the brain and biology, things to do with cancer, things. And I became a, a, just a machine at downloading information. Mm. And so when I decided to go and start connecting out, my kids saw a completely different dad. Okay. Like, and whereas sometimes I was just yeah. like this, the dad who would be at the, the the basketball game and, you know, shouting on the sidelines, whereas I was a dad who just wanted to sit back and, and watch. I just wanted to take everything in and I didn't have to shout anymore. I just, and so that was just a big change, just little things. Um, there was, there was certain things where, you know, I wasn't encouraging my kids to have crap foods. I was understanding unconsciously I was allowing them to maybe have Coca-Cola or stuff like that. I didn't want them. I, I knew that this is my beautiful child. I don't want to put this toxic rubbish inside them. Like I know what it does. So I became so conscious. And because I was, I had a change like that, my ex did uh, sort of distanced um, she was like, you're, you're trying to say I'm a bad parent because my, my, my eldest daughter has put on a lot of weight and my ex is very big. So, so they, they eat lots and lots and lots of junk food mm. and, and big, massive portions. So, and I'm uh, like a fitness person. Like I've been into fitness for 22 years, um, trained um, very, very professional levels myself and mm. also trained some world, world uh, um, famous people. Mm. So I was really well known in the fitness industry. 
So, so I'm really encouraging now that I've got like this wealth of knowledge about your brain, about like how we can actually start shutting our brain down with so many different chemicals and understand why, why I was so stupid to be like making myself ill mentally and physically sometimes. Mm. So in, and as soon as I stopped having these foods, I went on more of a vegan type diet. I became so emotionally amazing. Mm-hmm. So I wanted my kids to like when I had time with them to, to you know eat, eat really well, and I wanted to take them on this pathway of you know um, just educating them a bit. And they would go back and tell their mum, and she would be like, "No, he's trying to brainwash you." Blah blah blah. So it actually had a reverse effect. Like so, um, even though I would just be nice, I'd go to the basketball. Hey, how you going? I'd speak nicely. But it was as though, in her mind, it was as though she was getting jealous. Mm-hmm. It was a, there was a, there was something going on inside her mind, which I understood. You know what? I can only change myself. Mm-hmm. You're changing time. So she was asking me. She was like different things. Um, I want to do this with the kids. Blah blah blah. Um, and last one was last year. Um, we were thinking about moving to Tasmania. I said that sounds fantastic. I said that would be the, probably one of the best things you can do with the children. Like take them into the country, blah, blah. And so it'd be nice. Um, but it's still, I understand that I can't change anybody else's emotional behavior. And so still it hasn't changed. The same patterns are still happening mm. even 10 years on mm. with my ex. Mm. But I don't allow that to affect me because like mm. for me to be the best coach and the best role model, I practice what I preach every single day. Mm-hmm. So, so for, to tell the honest truth, there there has been no sort of benefit. Um, it's actually been more detrimental um, in a in a in a way for the other person um, because I understand that she's she's probably um, in the moment where we cross paths. I'm polite, so that would be a benefit, but inside. Her head, she's like, he's got a sports car. He's bought himself a motorbike. He's he's lives in a house double story with a swimming pool. He should be giving me more money or, or whatever she think. I don't. Mm. I was stuck in the past mm. when we separated. Like he he wasn't nice to me. Um, yeah. he, that I was overweight. I, the little gremlins go and repeat inside mm. people's minds, mm. and I understand she's stuck in the past. She's still got the mind, which I hear from her friends 10 years on. She still talks about you. When I see her, she as in, like she's, she's talking yeah. about you and blah, blah. And I think mm. obviously when people do that, they're still stuck in the past. Mm. Um, so, so resentment, I, one of the things I've been learning so much about is just how poisonous resentment is to yes. our relationships. You know, we... We can start to resent, um, you know, how much our, um, you know, how much our wife has a connection with the new baby, and we're not needed as much, and so we go off to work, and then we miss out on all those things, and then, uh, and then, you know, we get home and we resent the fact that she's not putting out with sex, and all these different things like that can can ruin a relationship, but it can also hold people back for many years. And what you're saying is that 
you have learnt to give up that resentment that you were feeling back then, but she's still carrying it and it's still yeah. poisoning your relationship. Yeah, for, for me, like I just understand, like in, so for me to get over it, I have compassion. I have compassion in the fact that I, I understand I've evolved. I've evolved to connect to my soul. I understand I've connected to my soul and connected to everything around me in, in a oneness, like like a John Lennon. I'm inspired by people like John Lennon, Martin Luther King. So for me, I'm in a oneness mind. Every like so, I understand that my like I have I have compassion for my ex, even though she's she do all the wrong things and put me down. I in in my heart, I know that she is a lost person. Like, and I would not want to be in her shoes to be stuck in a past mind, a future mind, like a mind which is Mm. doing bad things and eating wrong foods. And like, I'm happy to be in mine because I'm living every second present, enjoying Mm. my time. Mm. But I feel like, you know, a a sense of sorry for that people have to live that way. Mm. So, and, and no one can affect me, but me Mm. now. So, so for me, I just understand everybody's house is on their own journey. Mm. Everybody is on their own journey. And for me, I just have to accept I can only change myself. And then when time comes and normally take something horrific to make people wake up um, because people think that they know everything about everything anyway. Um, but when uh, my, my experience now over after becoming a coach and a mind coach now over the last two years of getting all my certifications, um, I understand it's only when people are ready and normally it takes something horrific like losing a loved one like mm. um, or or coming to the a point where you've got a terminal illness or the worst breakup with children um, that you you're suicide or anything like that mm. then you go and speak to someone and you learn you learn a bit more about yourself and then the more you learn about yourself it becomes a knock-on effect it's mm. like health and fitness. Um, you just you become more conscious and more conscious and more conscious um, until eventually you reach the full enlightenment and the full enlightenment is actually becoming oneness to everything mm. like um, there's no black there's no white there's there's no religion there's no nothing it's just everybody's all the same we're just at different levels of intelligence and evolving on this planet to just grow the planet wants to grow we as a human want to grow positive and when we create positive thoughts, positive energy, and we do positive actions, everything grows. Everything grows around us. Yep. So once you reach that, you understand that, you know, I, no one can affect me, but I, I have compassion for that person. Mm-hmm. Whatever they want to say to me, anybody mm-hmm. can judge me and say whatever. Um, I still have compassion. Yeah. And, you know, what I'm, what I'm hearing is that um, – there's so much self-awareness that you have gained from being personally responsible for your journey in life and allowing others to be on their own. So, mate, I just dropped into myself just then. I thought so much of what you've shared with this raw story of your journey um, is going to affect someone listening to this podcast greatly. So really appreciate you taking the time today to, to share this with us. No, fantastic. No, thank you very much. Like I, I, I know that, you know, the more I do talk to people and we, we start to understand our mind more, how it can be, it can be our worst enemy. If it takes us to different periods of time, we're unique. We're great. We're really unique humans. 
But the thing is, we just need to stay present, just to distracting ourselves with positive things, which are going to grow us. Like we're in a culture where we, we are distracted constantly by technology, by the TV, by things like wrong food, alcohol, footy team. We're, we're, we're in a culture where it's conditioned this way and we never, ever stop them distractions and put a, a really good distraction. And a good distraction is, is actually focusing on yourself, number one. The mind controls everything. It yeah. controls every single thing. So the more you put folks on that each day, just the 10 minutes, 15 minutes and, and increase it, you will control your life once you, once you start it. And I know that people listening, um, they will take the time to, you know, give, give themselves, lose the addiction of these material uh, money sort of objects and start looking at the main object, which they need to put folks on that's themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And becoming the best human being they can be. Um, yeah, absolutely. And in order to help their children to become the best human being they can be too. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've got to, we've got to change our culture and think of the next generations. Um, I do study a lot of statistics and I've, you know, we see that kids are killing themselves the most they've ever done um, as well as adults. And we're living in an age where, we're living like kings and queens. If you went back a hundred years and like we, the way we're living right now, um, we, we can sit in our homes and get food ordered to our door and, and live like better than a king and queen, mm. but we're the most unhappiest we've ever been. Now there's something wrong. And the, mm. the reason why is unhappiness comes from not knowing your mind. Mm. So a new journey moving forwards is like for someone like yourself who's creating these amazing things and doing amazing things, creating awareness and and people like myself who, you know, want to change the culture for the next generation, for our yeah. kids and their kids. Um, everybody wants to live in a positive, joyful, happy, loving environment. Yeah. And we can create that by just doing it with ourselves first. And then the next person will eventually go on their journey and want to mm. discover how to be, you know, emotionally great. And we just do it one by one, one by one. And we will start changing households and the households have changed suburbs and suburbs have changed, you know, cities. And then we move on to cultures and um, we just keep on doing this, this sort of work, what we're doing, Jared. You got it. You yeah. got it. Nick Ems, thank you for joining us on the Super Dad Show today. Thank you very much, Jared. Thank you for your time. If you love what you heard and you'd like to support the show, please go to www.patreon.com slash superdadsonline. If you are a dad and you are not part of our closed Facebook group yet where we continue these deep conversations, go across to Facebook and search for Super Dads Online. You'll hear me on the next episode of the Super Dads Show with our next guest. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.